0: Welcome to Hot Plate, a post foodie podcast. I'm your host, Mirella Amato. Today on Hot Plate, obsessing over takeout, baking, farmers markets, and liquor in these times of pandemic. How's it going, Joshna?
1: Uh, mostly well here in isolation. Yeah. Uh, We've just tipped the uh, edge over onto the third week.
0: Yes. For many of us. This
1: is my, this will be my third week.
0: And they're, they've just announced, right? That it's continuing.
1: Yeah. Till at least the end of April, right? Here we go.
0: um, Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay. I heard two more weeks, but realistically, realistically, um, unless they find a vaccine. And even if they do, I don't know how they're going to deploy it that quickly
1: no i don't think so Uh, yeah yeah, i agree with you we're here for a while um i I have been finding myself uh just two days ago i was like i want to go out and have lunch (laughs) i want to go and sit somewhere and eat some you know and i was like i want to go hang out i'm like right that's not that's literally not on the table right now (laughs) that's
0: funny because i'm having a crazy craving for pizza that you don't I will tell you this, a lot of people in TV shows uh, eat pizzas. (laughs) And every time they do, I'm like, oh, because for me, well, I don't have the stuff to make pizza at home right now. I guess on my next shopping run, I could do it, but I'm seriously considering looking into, which I have never done, like frozen, see if I there's a a good quality frozen pizza that I can get because pizza from scratch just feels like a lot of ingredients that I'll buy to make one thing and in this time i'm trying to buy right. ingredients that i will use for multiple things over the course yeah of two
1: indeed indeed and uh,
0: i'm sure once i have the one pizza i'll be I'll, you know i'll be done with that craving stated, i don't think yeah. i want to have pizza for a whole week
1: no i don't think you do either uh, but to that point though it's interesting to observe this clash between all the time and space to indulge craving yeah. yet physically not really the capacity to do it because you can't just keep running out there to the store and you can't just you know what I mean we have to be more economical with our trips out
0: and it highlights the convenience that we live in currently
1: totally had this
0: been any other time and I'm sure actually I could probably go out and pick up a pizza today uh, I'm sure there are you people doing could. takeout but yeah uh, which leads us nicely actually into our first yes okay um which is is takeout safe and i was you know looking this up online and there are so many articles about this it sounds like or it looks like rather a lot of people are asking themselves this question i
1: think you are right it I, i have been asked the question a lot i've seen it rolling around a lot um and it's it's an it I think that if you have no sense of how the food industry works, you for sure have a lot of questions. Obviously, because I'm in it, I have a sense of exactly what's happening and what's going on and what the dangers are. But it was oh, good. also I was hoping you would. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like it's really important for everybody to know that any frontline food worker, any chef, any cook, anybody right now is working with protective gear on. Yes. Right. That is the perhaps the most important thing to note is that we are. We, meaning cooks, restaurants are working really hard, both for the safety of those staff and obviously for the safety of the for the, you know, the safety of the public. So that's an important piece. And and what that leads us to. And this I got this from the piece you sent, and also from the research that I've been doing is that the issue is not the food, but the packaging. Yes, Right, I was. Sh- we, yeah. we let's all just exhale and say that the 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 risk and the transmission on the actual food is not a thing we're facing yet. Maybe right down the road, but currently, although the risk is low,
0: here's here's where I get stuck. Tell me, and I'm not a doctor, and I just wish you know if any of our listeners have any insights into this, right? Please explain, because what I noticed. You know, all these articles are saying, you know, the food is safe. It's been cooked. Anything that's in it uh, has died. And regardless, once you swallow it, your stomach acids will likely kill. We don't know 100 percent, but we really don't have uh, anything that indicates that food will transmit it. But where I'm getting confused is they're saying just make sure if you touch anything that's infected, you don't then touch your fingers to your eyes, your nose or your mouth. So I don't understand the difference between touching something that's infected and touching my mouth and grabbing food that's infected and putting it in my mouth. See what I'm saying? how do
1: you know that you have infected food?
0: Right, so that is an incredibly, incredibly slim possibility. Right,
1: that's the piece, is the likelihood of you having infected bags and packaging, way higher than actual infected food because infected food would have to be a scenario where there was some cooked food that was sitting out and then somebody coughed with the virus it. sneezed and coughed all over it that's what we're talking yeah. about yeah yeah and right and with the level of precaution being taken the the risk is very very low of that and of they've, that scenario happening they've right? stepped
0: up those precautions haven't they
1: oh my goodness yes we never cooks never worked with masks uh, and some of them have suits. I've seen people wearing those, you know, the protective, the sort of cover kind of thing, mm-hmm. gloves, masks, and then already already hats and things were part of a cook's uniform. And
0: hopefully washing their hands more regularly than usual even.
1: So, I mean, one of the things that, that we're, our teams are really facing is about access to the protective gear. Right. right. My friends at the stop in nonprofit are having some challenges getting their hands on it. Obviously healthcare workers are having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard yet of any of my restaurant pals uh, having a hard time not being able to get their hands on masks and gloves. Um, that likely is the case, but um, so far, so good, it seems. What Do you have any insight on this?
0: No, no, I was really looking okay. to you for insights on what's actually going on because yes. I have been... St- <laughs> have you had any takeout since this all I have, started? I have, oh. absolutely, I have, yes. Uh, everyone agrees that the chances are incredibly slim and that it's only if someone coughs or sneezes directly on your food or That's uh, right. on the packaging, which is yep. perhaps a little more likely because uh, often there are more people handling the packaging totally. than the food. Uh, I'm guessing And there
1: was advice. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. There was advice that I thought was pretty smart uh, about the fact that um, that your task as a receiver of takeout or delivery. Yeah. Is remove all the packaging, then wash your hands 20 seconds really well, both sides, uh, and then eat.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Right? That seems to be a nice tidy little thing that we can all do just to, you know, do our part and help keep this thing together. That, Um, and
0: they also said if you're getting it delivered, you know, leave the tip outside, have the person drop it off, and then don't pick up your food until after they leave. And then the same thing as you were saying, uh, you know, take off the packaging, then wash your hands, and then eat. And
1: I, uh, I ordered from skip the dishes Mm -hmm. and they actually in the delivery window had a little provision asking for any extra directives for a contactless drop off. Oh, that's great. Right. Because all the payment is sorted out. You don't have to worry about leaving a tip.
0: The tips right in Uh, the app. Right.
1: The tips, part of the app, part of the payment in the app. So you can just say, please leave bag at front door. They make a little tappity tap on the door to let you know that it's there. Yeah. I yell out a thank you through the door and <laughs> off we go. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice. They're already on it. It was already part of the, you know, it was a one stage in the process to yeah. ask for those directions, which I thought was really nice.
0: And for myself, whenever I, I never do delivery um, because I, I'm just not comfortable with a third party yeah. delivering my food on the mm-hmm. best of days. I mean, there have been, I don't know if you saw the study, but apparently 28% of uh, Uber drivers sneak bites of the food. No. And that's that's the ones who admit it, right? That so is a high number. It considering that those are just the ones that admit to it, that's that was very high. Um and I just I don't like the idea of uh, this third party these third party people handling my food on the way over, especially because mm-hmm. most of them are not at all I mean we we had a whole episode about this, right? But certainly yep. when it comes to the Uber Eats, they're not supported at all. They're not, you know, there's no 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 no, no. reason for them to uh yep. to really care. Um that being said, I'm sure everyone's very concerned during this pandemic and being super mm-hmm. safe. But for, so for me, when I take out I go in person and there oh, were and you pick up. Yeah. Right. There was also that's takeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: It's just not delivery that's all
0: yeah. i was just questioning my english for a moment yeah. it happens um and so they did have some guidelines too for people who like me prefer to go and get their food they say it's best yeah. to wait in the car until the food until you know the food is ready and yeah. then once you get in there obviously don't you know touch any communal services surfaces don't use that pen that everyone's been using yeah to yeah, sign yeah. <laughs> You know, steer clear of people, and then you know it's the same thing. Just wash your hands when you get. I guess this take off the packaging. This is definitely and wash one of those. Hands.
1: This is definitely one of the scenarios where the tap option with your credit or debit card is coming in handy, right? Yes, because I'm sure that pin pad is not a thing we want to be handling either.
0: Mm-hmm. Although I was really glad that the, because some businesses were starting to turn to card only. Right. and i believe it was the government that came out and said you know some people live off cash so we, that, we, it's not it's an not, option it's exactly. not fair to implement something like that please don't which i thought was lovely
1: it's an important consideration right as we move forward
0: these are complicated I, uh, times these are. it's it's complicated and certainly for me this whole transmission is it's mm-hmm. I, I don't think we have well, a lot of clarity so, about no you know, how it, it's transmitted. I don't understand the fact that it can live on surfaces from, from 24 to 72 hours. But, I know, then, but then just wash your hands say? and it's fine. But it's like, what if I wash my hands and then I handle that object again? I, yep. It's just a lot of... I think I'm not the only one feeling some anxiety around
1: I, this. I 100% tell you that you're not the only one. That is for sure. There's a lot of... And it's... I was really noticing that you have to consciously uh stay cheerful at a safe distance yeah right? Mm -hmm. It is the, then the automatic nature I'm observing myself is to sort of head down, keep moving, don't interact with anybody because that, you know what I mean? Because that's now not safe anymore. Right. Um, But there's, there's no reason we can't smile at each other from six feet away.
0: I'm actually seeing, I think more smiles and nods because I I believe in, in keeping distance, we are forced to acknowledge each other.
1: I live uh, at St. Clair and Avenue road here in Toronto and in this neighborhood is the Stockyards, which is a very beloved, favorite uh, burger joint, smokehouse, fried chicken spot. Yes. Right. The reason I'm saying this is because when you go into pick up, mm-hmm. I like to pick up and go uh, because seating is limited. There's always a mega crowd of people in the front. Right. The Stockyards yep. is famous for that congested. It's tight opening, in there, right? Mm-hmm. It's very tight, and so I drove past a few days ago. And I saw this really curious collection of people on the sidewalk, on Christie, just sort of like evenly spaced, (laughs) evenly spaced, all looking at their phones. And when I first saw it, I was like, what's going on here? It looked like everybody was in some sort of trance, Hmm. right? But I'm like, oh, no, no, this is the new version of the Stockyards waiting line.
0: They should start putting because we
1: can't be all crammed in there. Just yeah. start
0: putting circles on the sidewalk. I've seen that Just done like elsewhere. In, like in India. Yeah, yeah. Was that in it's, India? It was
1: so great. Yeah, it
0: was a wonderful. Uh, picture. I thought that
1: was so sweet. It made me laugh a lot.
0: Anyway, the verdict is from a series of doctors that takeout is absolutely safe. So here's something interesting. Have you noticed the increased numbers of loaves of bread on Instagram? Oh my God,
1: yes. Holy smokes. I mean, look, let it be said, I think we talked about this before. There's a great move into the kitchen, which I wholeheartedly support, but you are right that something about baking bread is of the moment, right?
0: I am hopeful that there's been an increased move towards the kitchen, but... Every article, every time I tried to look it up, every article veered into bread. It seems like specifically bread has uh, sparked a huge interest. And I would say, even more specifically, sourdough bread.
1: It is, you are totally right. I agree. I I would even go further to say that it is that no need sourdough that everyone, you know, everyone's getting veered because there's this, there was a no need bread movement uh, for a long time saying that the, um, just letting the sourdough do its thing, letting the fermentation do its thing was enough. Uh, and so for sure, the sourdough. I've been very curious about what this is all about because it's not nothing. The connection to times of distress and, you know what I mean? And something as dramatic as pandemic uh, yeah. is, it's specific, it's real about well, it, this time in this moment.
0: It reminded me of our conversation about first responder baking in episode totally. five, right?
1: Yep. Um, So that's That's exactly it. It's a
0: real thing. Uh, But I was interested
1: in your notes, right? Because one of the bits you you mentioned in your notes is that there's something about baking. That there's not nearly as much talk about cooking during a pandemic as there is about baking during a pandemic.
0: Right. I like that
1: there. I I like that that is a thing.
0: And uh, that is, as far as I can tell, North America specific. I was having a very interesting conversation with a colleague of mine in Belgium earlier on this week. We were having a phone meeting, and he was saying the the breweries and restaurants are all suffering terribly. And I said, well, here they've pivoted to takeout. And he said, in Belgium, no one's doing takeout. Everyone's taking advantage of this time to teach themselves how to cook. And they're all showing off these, (sighs) you know, sort of their best try at various recipes that they've wanted to do for a long time. And I guess that's what I was hoping would show up on social media instead of all these loaves of bread, nothing against bread, but it just, it strikes me as odd. Mm -hmm. And specifically sourdough, which I was reading up on. I have never made sourdough bread. I have certainly eaten a lot of it. Yes. But from the notes I saw, I mean, just cultivating the starter takes about a week and mm-hmm. then once you've done that, the baking, uh, I don't even understand this, but uh, in the article, she said it could take often two days. Easily. To bake for sure. the actual loaf. So this is really a long and drawn out process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think of all these people who now have kids at home that they're minding and they're working from home and they're making all these adjustments, it just... It's fascinating to me that this has become the thing, and well, I find yeah. it hard to believe that it's just because people want to post pretty pictures on Instagram. This is a very huge commitment. No, I don't think, I think it is.
1: I think that the Instagram pics is the cherries on top of this. I think that there's more happening here, right? Because tell me, I I believe one. I think that sourdough bread making has been a thing on so many people's when I have the time for it list, right. Right. I think that is the thing. And for sure, one thing that uh, quarantine is offering us is time.
0: And it has I been might, a growing yeah. trend up until now. Definitely, like the, definitely. You know, I've seen more and more whispers about it in the past. Oh,
1: for sure. Sourdough is two. really having, I guess, are a bit of a renaissance right now, I suppose, mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. Uh, but there's more. Right. Because in one of the pieces that you um, that you sent over, one of my favorite bits was that with sourdough, you're connecting to cultures past and present, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that that means something both literally and figuratively, right? We're actually talking about bacterial culture yeah. in a very material way, uh-huh. but we're also talking about tradition that has a broader arc than just our moment in time here.
0: And there right? was and also the notion of taking care of this starter, right? Yes. Almost and nurturing a pet, yes. you know, you have to take care yeah. of it keep it alive. It's a very living thing. Uh, so i could see for people who were lonely during this time how that that would just be yes a wonderful solace but there
1: is there's more right there is something Tell me. very it's like it's speaking to the animals inside of us There is something very primal about bread and bread baking, right? It was one of our earliest conventions, at least in the sort of modern Western world, Mm -hmm. uh, the bread. But even even, uh, in other parts of the world, the notion of some sort of bread or using grain and this thing from the earth – Right, as markers of civilization and establishment, and you know more sedent, you know more um, rooted, tethered populations, because agriculture has taken a foot and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, let's swing over to uh, wisdom that I got from my traditional Chinese medicine doctor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Who the in Chinese medicine, the idea is that there are each organ has an emotion attached to it and a oh, color. Neat. Yes. Right? So there's lots of wisdom there about sort of how that manifests itself. But the spleen and the stomach and all the digestion is connected to comfort. Ah. And that's not nothing. That answers those questions. Why when you're stressed out, it's about a bag of cookies. Or, you know, why in times of stress, the urge is towards baking. There's something about the starch.
0: And you've been baking. I've been baking for sure. I've been
1: baking. But my Uh, urge has
0: not been towards baking at all i did bake those scones though those you marmite did, and they looked gorgeous and, um, uh, the enjoyed every bite. Sure. but that um, was a quick recipe yeah, right this whole true. idea of taking up a few days to make a loaf of bread is it's I mean it depends on your temperament. Yeah. But and I, I need a quicker actually, conception to execution time.
1: Right. I've been actually really enjoying diving into those recipes that take that do the like let this sit overnight, let this sit for another four hours, let this dry out, let this mm. now is the time. I'll soak beans for sure. <laughs> we got all kinds of this time.
0: Maybe uh, in a few weeks I'll get there.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah, we pushed, <laughs> indeed.
0: But no, listen, there well, there's
1: lots of there's lovely wisdom here. Um, and that I, that really speaks to this trend in the context of pandemic times, mm-hmm. right, or crisis times, which is really where we're living, um, in that there are lots of things that we can't control with life and with bread making, right? It's, it's humidity, it's temperature, it's time, it's altitude, it's all these things. Uh, and and the, the lovely person who wrote the article said that what matters most is how we choose to engage. Right. Right. And I love the crossover lesson. Right. Your bread will tell the story of how you chose to engage. Your quarantine experience will also tell the story of how you chose to engage. Right. That's lovely. Uh, I was really into that. That felt good. Okay. Something that I saw that I really think is interesting right now is uh, this piece about farmers markets.
0: Right, in the U.S.?
1: Yes. yes. For this, yeah, this piece was from Civil Eats, which is a U.S. Uh, publication. Uh, but uh, the, the issue, anyhow, is the fact that um, farmers markets historically really get caught in between. Uh, not quite a grocery store, not quite a seasonal uh, temporary market, and there's really no classification. And at moments like this, we're really sort of seeing um, how things can slip through the cracks. Right. It really yeah. feels like that's what's happened. Is here. it a
0: necessary service? Yeah, is it not? Right? And
1: essentially the story is that because it's not to say that people have decided that farmers markets are not essential. They've just not really been considered.
0: Yeah. Do you right? know what's because going the, on here? Because I think well, most of the markets yeah. are closed, aren't they? All of the markets are closed. And I know uh, certainly many, the one near me closed even before they put the it was early on because gatherings non-essential services oh it's because of the gatherings it's the gatherings
1: right the crowds of people that I know uh, you know at the stop we that was the big piece we couldn't as an organization sponsor you know what I mean or facilitate a scenario of people gathering and so obviously the loss of income is a giant deal for our vendors. So many of them have created sort of other pop-up opportunities full. And the system is online order and pay Mm -hmm. so that you just walk in and they have a timed sort of, you know, one in one out kind of space thing. So you walk in, pick up your bag and leave, Nice. offer a smile and a hello, but you know, no money has to get exchanged. You're not choosing and shopping. Right. All of that was done online beforehand. Precisely. Um, but, uh, So two important things that I thought were super great about this was the argument for farmers markets to be considered an essential service. Obviously, yes, I am the kind of person who would believe that this is the truth
0: because in the US Uh, they're fighting to stay open or to get back open. Yeah.
1: Precisely. And this idea that the, because they're on the ground networks, they can pivot to be relief stations and emergency supply stations easily.
0: Yeah. Can you right? explain? Because that, that caught my eye. They said about pivoting to emergency food access points. What would yes. that look like? Uh, it would be
1: instead of farmer, like it would be potentially people with hot meals or hampers of food, uh, but just to know that it is an existing hub. Right And that there's a way to communicate with the populations of people relatively efficiently and quickly to say, you know, and so instead of shopping leisurely around the tables for your produce, you're going to pick up emergency food supply. And, you know, I mean, we're sort of going to usurp this opportunity to deliver some community Mm -hmm. support. Um, The other piece that's important, though, is this idea of a shortened supply chain. Yes. And there being fewer hands to move through, right? And I did not consider this. I had not either. That
0: did make me stop and think. Because it does pass through fewer hands.
1: A hundred percent. When you buy the food uh, directly from the person who grew it and pulled it out of the ground, it's much fewer hands involved, uh, right? And just as we said earlier about the takeout uh, and delivery packages, it's about the the number of hands that are the you know that are handling your food as it moves around. so the this little bit in defense of a farmer's market, I felt fantastic uh, about. Um, now, to answer your question about what's happening here, yeah, um I have heard whisperings from my colleagues about a similar move mm-hmm. to get farmers' markets reopened cl- uh, classified as essential services with grocery stores and reopened. Obviously, with some sort of safety modification for people's.
0: Yeah, that makes me behavior, nervous. Right? That makes me. Uh, it, I know I
1: what think... it takes to manage a market, and it's we can do it, right? It's the same kind of orderliness as in a grocery store, and it's not actually much difference.
0: There would, yeah, because when we look at grocery stores now, they're monitoring how many people go through yeah. the door. So they would really have to, because farmers markets are so open. How do you close yep. everything off and make it just one? Entry point, obviously modifications would be required. I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see if they have the, you know, the the personnel and the infrastructure to make yep. those modifications. I'm much more comfortable with them pivoting to what you were talking about before and right, some kind of online sales or, you know, prep it all beforehand and then just go pick it up in one place. I mm-hmm. but it was really interesting the way this article talked about farmers markets because in my mind when I think about farmers markets, it is a social gathering. Yes. People, yes, are yep. picking up food, but 90% of the people there are not there just to pick up food. Mm-hmm. They might even it's just go and grab a connection. coffee. Of course. And, yes. There's and, music
1: and you have a little
0: something to eat. Know, for sure. We are having ongoing issues with people gathering in parks. It rings those alarm yeah. bells for me just because of the so- the associations we have with what a market mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So there would definitely have to be very strict measures in place. And I wonder,
1: I I actually don't think it's any less or it's any more dangerous than walking to the grocery store. This one piece actually suggested that the open airness of the farmer's market is a a benefit because there's more opportunities to escape into fresh air.
0: But here's a question I had for you from that article. This really struck me that in the U.S., farmers markets are seen as one of a small number of places to buy affordable fruits and vegetables. Right. Is that the case here as well? Because that's, I have not no. noticed that it's way... No. No. Uh, no. So that's a U.S. Not, specific thing.
1: It is, and that is because they actually they add, there is, in fact, some wonderful leadership. I do believe this is the case, at least this was a few years ago, and I'm guessing that's what this history is, of... Um, Food subsidies, federal yes. food subsidies being delivered via farmer's markets. Yes. So folks who rely on those, the, the food from the market was now opened up to these folks. Uh, and these subsidies have enabled more vulnerable people to get their hands on this food, which is unfortunately not what's happening here.
0: But I think uh, a, a very large argument for the farmer's market, mm-hmm. certainly in the U.S. 100%. For me. Yes.
1: Yes, it makes a perfect sense because vulnerable people are just hit taking it even worse at this point, right?
0: Yeah, and they should have their fruits and veggies. So it's finally
1: happened, Joshna. I have been wanting to talk to you about this uh, ever since I heard. Tell me, tell me.
0: And I can't believe a lot of people still haven't heard about this. But in Ontario now, restaurants are allowed to sell beer and wine. And I guess a bottle of spirits, if anyone wants to purchase wow, an entire bottle, as long as it's a sealed go, bottle, amazing. with your food. So as long as you're purchasing food, or if you're purchasing food, you can go ahead and purchase wine and beer to go, which is there. It is wonderful. Yes. We're not the it's first in Canada to pass right. the law, but uh, I have noticed hot off our heels, a few other provinces followed suit. And then the U.S., many states had already passed similar um, regulations. So It's finally. fascinating
1: to see uh, there are lots of questions about whether uh, liquor stores and I, I suppose now cannabis stores would have been deemed essential services and where that was going to land, right, as the edict comes down about what is closing and what is staying open. Yeah. Uh, right. But I have been wondering if anybody could resist the the business, you know, to start up some sort of alcohol delivery something. This feels like a really natural fit, mm-hmm. uh, and so I thought it was very fascinating to see it happen. Now, you know much more about the processes required to actually make something like this happen. Uh, but one of the one of the sort of uh, things about right now are things that formerly perhaps would have taken a really long time to get done that seem to be. Just sped through oh, people yep. all building online platforms and all of a sudden all the, the policy and the red tape seems to disappear in the urgency of it all. Uh, are you seeing any of uh, that it feels like a lot of that has happened in this context. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Well there's there's two sides to it. The first side is exactly what you said. It the policy is effective was effective immediately. So right. as soon as they said it, any restaurant that had a license could go ahead and start selling right. beer and wine immediately. The only caveat was if you use a delivery service in the in as a go between, there right. is a rule in Ontario that anyone who handles alcohol has to have their Smart Serve certification. Uh, of okay, right. but they also circumvented that because they said you can go ahead and start right away. You just need to get your Smart Serve by I think it's April twenty fifth, okay. and okay. Smart Serve is now free. Usually there's a fee. Oh wow! But they've so they've really come out guns a blazing making this as easy as possible. Wow. There's just one snag that really has me nervous. Tell me. Which comes again and I think if it hasn't become clear yet in this podcast, I just have I have a fundamental distrust of these third party. Yes. I was much happier when restaurants delivered their own food and people hmm. who, I just I don't know, I just felt like there was more accountability there. Yeah. So here's what's tricky. In Ontario, you can't, obviously, you can't sell liquor to a minor and you can't sell liquor to someone who appears intoxicated. Right. But the onus is on the restaurant. So let's say I'm a restaurant. Oh. You're an Uber Eats driver. You're delivering this alcohol. You get to the other end. That person is is visibly intoxicated. That's on me. That's on the, it's the restaurant that could lose their license. So that's the the tricky piece I think for uh take I keep calling it takeout. what did you call it pickup yeah uh just for clarity's sake for Mm -hmm. for the pickup it's absolutely no problem because you can see the person you can Mm -hmm. card them if you feel it's appropriate yes you can tell what state of intoxication they're in but I think there's this tricky piece there with this where the the responsibility lies in that situation and you know smart serve is supposed to mitigate that smart have you done your smart serve training i have
1: but it yeah. needs a research and I'm, now that i know that it's free online that's another tidy way to spend lockdown is
0: to get yeah. yourself serve it's all about uh, you know responsible amazing service so yes. they're hoping that making the, the delivery people take the smart serve will help mitigate that but at the end of the day it's really up to the restaurant to negotiate yes or to you know Uh, well because the have a conversation uh, with the person delivering and I don't know how that is going to play out that's the one piece that concerns me
1: that feels really tricky but I also wonder is there any stipulation between offering somebody a closed container of something versus an open drink ready to go? so
0: here are the rules uh there is no limit on the quantity of alcohol so I guess you could order you know a burger and a case of wine (laughs) if you wanted to Uh, The alcohol must be sold in sealed and unopened containers. Right. Which had me a little disappointed because when they passed the rule, the similar rule in New York, all of my friends were flaunting these, you know, bottles of Negroni that they had purchased from their favorite cocktail bars. or You know, bottles of Manhattan that they could, you know, make their way through over the course of a couple of days. So that's that's not a possibility right now. Uh, The sales must take place between 9 a.m. and 11 p.m., which is a, a pretty nice, large window. Mm-hmm. And on a side note, in this same uh, regulation, which I thought was really wonderful, they extended the hours in grocery stores so that you can buy liquor as of 7 a.m. And that is to accommodate, you know, most grocery stores. The set yes. the early morning is uh-huh. when they at-risk people. The older, more vulnerable can, folks, so right. They should be able to have alcohol, too. 100%. So, so I appreciated that. Um, and it must be sold with food. So those are the those are the only rules there.
1: Great. It's, I, it's pretty the loosey-goosey. For me, the wisdom here, what I really love as somebody who works in making change, mm-hmm. is that moments like this that force the issue the mm-hmm. way this has – also lets us know uh, about the things that we just thought were so impossible and not able. We we're like, no, we can uh, we can do this. We and have figured this out, right?
0: We can pull this off. On, on that note, I don't know if you noticed this small detail, but in mm-hmm. Ontario, this regulation is through to the end of the year, to December oh. 31st.
1: Oh, I did not notice. In other oh, provinces, like they're
0: ending it in June, but the fact oh. that they've extended it to December tells me that past you know they're anticipating yes. once this is over they want to continue the trial and this seeing this could be stay. the way forward for us
1: makes a lot of sense
0: how with, civilized would it. that be uh, indeed
1: I, I like the civilized tone there. if you're
0: enjoying our podcast please leave a rating or review it helps others find us hot plate part of the Frequency Podcast Network. Original music by Dave Bell. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hot Plate Pod. Follow me at meteorology on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And follow Joshna at Joshna Maharaj on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hot Plate is produced by Mirella Amato, that's me, and Dennis Coyne. Thanks for listening.